Glad to be in the house of the Lord. I may know exciting things are happening in our church. Amen. Exciting things are happening. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad, so glad to be accomplishing the vision together with you and um, working towards what God has called us to do in our time. Amen. It has been, speaking of that, it has been uh, exciting. It's been very encouraging. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. It's been very encouraging, very exciting the last several weeks. Uh, I hope you've been encouraged uh, by the reports that have been coming through on Realm of uh, those who have passed out those anointed prayer cloths. Amen. Isn't that been exciting just to read those stories and to hear that and to see that? Not only are we excited for the people who are getting the cloths and believing uh, that they're receiving their miracle, uh, but it's such an exciting thing to see the church uh, just reaching out, reaching out outside of these four walls and uh, believing uh, that, that God is doing what uh, he said he was going to do. And I'm so thankful. You can grab her. She's, I was, she was under conviction. She was running to the altar already. And uh, so we get our, uh, I, I want to talk tonight on this subject, uh, first the miracle, then the message. And so we understand that uh, these prayer clause, that we're not just, we're not just uh, sending these out. We know and believe that, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, supernatural about the cloth. It's not a holy cloth or anything like that. But we believe that when we anoint that cloth, that when we pray over that cloth, that the power of God is uh, in the faith that that person has uh, in connection with that cloth, uh, that, that that faith is going to uh, transmit and uh, the power of the Lord is going to be made manifest in their lives uh, because of their faith. Uh, in, in, in what God can do. And we, we get biblical precedent. I know we talked about this already, but I want to just make sure everybody is aware. We get biblical precedent from doing what we're doing from the word of the Lord when it says in Acts chapter 19 and verse 11, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. But it's this, uh, it's the verse before, it's, it's Acts 19 and 10 that I, I want to uh, just look at for, as a jumping off point, as the principal point for our message this evening. Because the prior verse says this, Acts 19 and verse 10, and this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And then it goes into what happened. It gives us some dialogue and some understanding of what happened in those two years when it said that by the hands of Paul, those handkerchiefs and all those kind of thing, and many people were healed and uh, demon-possessed people were set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so we see that it was in this two-year span of time when the cloth, now, um, uh, not that it necessarily matters, but uh, I, I've just, there's, there's an understanding that whether it was cloth that came from Paul's actual clothing or it was cloth that uh, people who were sick would bring to Paul and, 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 uh, or people who knew of people that were sick would bring cloth and, and uh, they would put it on Paul and touch Paul. Um, 
we don't necessarily know what it was. It doesn't really matter. I, I would tend to believe more the latter because, I mean, I don't know how many people were healed, but it, there was probably a lot. I don't know how much clothes Paul had. You know what I'm saying? So if, you know, I mean, he couldn't have had too much clothes to be ripping off a bunch of and giving to everybody for their healing. So I, I, I have to assume it was more than two or three people that were healed. And so uh, maybe it started off with the things of Paul and, and people had faith in that. And so then they started to bring cloths to him and, and put it on his body, touch him in some way, and then bring that. And uh, so, again, it's, it doesn't really matter. It's just something interesting to think about. But we understand that uh, that as they brought those those cloths, it would bring about a miracle in their lives. And so viewing these verses in the context, this is what I'm trying to get to, viewing these verses that we just read in their context, it really seems to imply that the miracles played a very large part in those individuals hearing the word of the Lord all throughout Asia. Okay? That's what it says, that they, uh, two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And during that time was when these miracles, these special miracles were happening. And I just have to believe that those miracles played a very large part in those masses of people hearing the word of the Lord. That when they received these miracles, they understood there's something about this truth. There's something about this gospel. There is something about this Jesus that these people are preaching and teaching about. There's something about this death, burial, and resurrection. There's something to that because my uncle was healed. My aunt was healed. I was healed. Somebody was healed. These cloths went out and those anointed cloths touched my neighbor and they were made whole. And so now I want to hear what these people People are teaching. So I believe that really confirms to us what the Holy Ghost has been talking to us about uh, on and off these last couple of weeks because the Lord has been encouraging us through teaching and just talking that uh, to use these miracles of these handing out these claws and praying for people and believing for their miracle, to use that as a springboard, to use that as an open door to lead that person to a Bible study. Somebody said amen. To lead that person to an understanding of the word of the Lord. I am a firm believer that one of the greatest evangelism tools that we have at our disposal as Holy Ghost filled, apostolic, Jesus name people is the working of the miraculous. Amen? That is something that, uh, you know, we're not downing any other denomination or whatever, but there's so many other denominations that don't even believe in the miraculous. They believe that the miraculous was just for the apostles' day in order to set uh, a firm foundation of the, the doctrine of the gospel and to prove it, but we don't need that anymore because the doctrine of the gospel has already been proven and so uh, miracles have ceased. And there's so many uh, religions and belief systems that don't even believe in the miraculous anymore. And I'm thankful to be a part of a church that still believes that God is a miracle-working God. And it's not just a church that believes he is, but it's a church that has seen repeatedly the miraculous work of Almighty God. 
Amen. I, I, I told him I was going to wait till Sunday, but Brother Larry just walked up to me. We've been praying for him. I don't know the whole story, but he told me he just came up and the doctor's report came back. No cancer at all in his body. Come on, we just prayed for him. Come on, G. I'm telling you, we're not just a church that believes God can do it. We're a church that sees God doing it. Oh, hallelujah. Thank the Lord. So we thank God for his miraculous working power. And we have that understanding. We have that belief. And we have that uh, reality within us as believers that God is a miracle working God. I believe the Bible points this out when it says in Acts chapter 5 and verse 14, and the believers were the more added to the Lord. Believers were the more added to the Lord. Somebody say multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Believers were the more added and because of these miracles that were taking place. There, the, there was a reason that the Scripture wanted us to know, I think this is important, there's a, there's a reason why the Scripture wanted us to know that they were led or laid on beds and couches. Because when it speaks of beds, it's speaking of, it's speak, when you look in that word, it's speaking of fine, soft, luxurious beds that really only rich people could afford. And when it speaks of couches, that word couches, it's speaking of the rough, uncomfortable bedding that the poor people had. So that lets us know that a demonstration of the miraculous will cause the rich and the educated to be convinced as well as the poor and the uneducated to be convinced as well. I'm trying to tell somebody, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they have. It doesn't matter if they're rich. <coughs> it doesn't matter if they're poor. It doesn't matter the hurdles that have to be crossed. When the miraculous flows into their lives, it'll pull down every excuse. It'll pull down every reason. <coughs> Come on, somebody praise God right now. It'll pull down every defense. Understand that the miraculous is a common denominator that all people understand. Doesn't matter who you are. A miracle is a miracle whether you're rich or poor. <coughs> it doesn't matter whether whatever whatever socioeconomic background you come from, no matter the color of your skin, no matter your nationality, a miracle is a miracle for everybody. Everybody is going to recognize the miraculous when it happens in their life. And when it does, it is going to open the door for us to proclaim the apostolic truth to them. You believe that? Now, just as a caveat, I, I, I absolutely believe what I'm teaching. I absolutely believe there are going to be many, many, many people that are going to know or want to know the truth because of the miracle that has happened to them. And this is the principle that we're teaching tonight. I'm not necessarily saying that this is how everybody is going to come to the truth. Okay? 
Now, there might be some people that they're just hungry for the truth, and they don't necessarily need a miracle uh, to, to see it. They're just hungry for the truth. They're hungry for a change uh, in their life. But how many know that when God, when God forgives them of their sins at repentance, how many know that's a tremendous miracle? When God washes their sins away, that's a tremendous miracle. So there's miraculous things tied up in all of this. But we understand. And so this is the principle that I just, I feel to discuss uh, this evening that I, I find is replete in the word of the Lord. But how, So how are we going to reach that wealthy individual who feels like they have everything? You know what I'm talking about? These individuals that just, you know, hey, you know, that's, I, we have everything we need. We have everything we need. How are we going to reach them? Because at some point, in some way, in some form, everybody at some point in their life is going to need a miracle. And it don't matter how much, how many know billionaires still die of cancer? And millionaires still die of diseases because there's no cure. They need a miracle. So it's going to be the miraculous. How are we going to reach those with nothing that feel like God doesn't care about them. The miraculous. Rich, poor, doesn't matter. The miraculous. How are we going to reach the individual that is entrenched in traditional religion? Just the way they've always been raised. This is what grandma was. This is what mom was. Right? Just traditionalism. They, they don't feel nothing, but this is just, they're so entrenched in it that it's, it's like nothing is going to be able to break them out of that. Well, how are we going to reach somebody like that? The miraculous. The miraculous. How are we going to reach the agnostic? How are we going to reach the atheist? The miraculous. They don't believe there is a God. So we're going to pray for you, and you're going to receive a miracle, and you're going to know there really is a God. Hallelujah. How are we going to reach people that say, well, you know, religion, that's fine for, pe that's fine for some people. It's not everybody don't need it. It's fine for you if you want it. How are we going to reach that kind of person? The miraculous. So God is trying to give us revelation of the fact that the miraculous in many lives, not all, but in many lives, the miraculous is going to open the door for a harvest in our church that he has promised to us. Oh, hallelujah. I just had a, a man of God, all of you would know, if I told you his name, you know and respect him very much. He called me the other day, said he was praying. He said, he said, uh, Brother Cox, he said, I want you to get ready. He said, your church is sitting on the precipice of the greatest harvest you've ever seen. Oh, hallelujah. And I believe that. And I said amen to it. And, uh, and I agree with that. And I, and, I don't, and, I, and I feel like everything that's happening right now is setting us up for that. That we're, we're having a... a, 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 a a reawakening to evangelism, a reawakening to what it means to reach out. Amen. I was just talking to a pastor a friend today, called and was asking me a bunch of questions about ministry and all kinds of stuff, and I was just telling him that our church, uh, for, for a, a pretty long period of time, uh, we, we were very inward focused. We were, let, just being honest here tonight. You know, we were very inward focused, and uh, and and I'm so thankful these last couple of years, these last couple of months specifically. But I'm so thankful that we're that we're coming out of that inward focus, and we're getting our eyes on the harvest where God wants our eyes to be. Somebody said, "Amen." Amen. I didn't say that to be negative. I said it to be a positive. 
came across as negative, I think, but it's just, this is a positive thing is what I'm saying. And I'm saying God is doing some great things and I'm glad and I'm so thankful that so many of you are hearing the word of the Lord and you're hearing the spirit of God talking to us and we're beginning to reach out and get out beyond these four walls and I believe this is what God is talking to us about. And so we need to understand that faith is a verb and it's not a noun. Faith is a verb. It's not a noun. Faith needs to be more than just some kind of emotional feeling that we have. I feel faith. It needs to be more than just some emotional feeling. It needs to be something that is activated in our lives. And not just a couple times a year, but it needs to be something that is activated often in our lives. We like to talk about doing what they did in the early church, right? We like to talk about seeing what they saw in the book of Acts. We like to talk about experiencing what they experienced, you know, in, in, in the New Testament. But what we need to remember is that those accounts of the early church that we talk about were written in a book called Acts. The Acts of the Apostles. The actions of God's people. That's all the stuff we talk about is the stuff they actually did. There's a difference. Those men and women of God who were just like you and I, there were no difference. They were not more spiritual. They did not have more Holy Ghost. They did not have more Jesus than what you and I have. They had the same Holy Ghost that you and I have. But they just understood that with this Holy Ghost, we have the power to do something with it. And we're going to be bold enough to do something with it. We're going to act in the power that is within us. Oh, hallelujah. So they began to put to work and began to act upon the belief that they really did have the power from on high. The book describes it like this, Acts chapter 5 and verse 14, and the believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both men and women. We read this, but just keep, keep looking. Verse 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities, round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folk, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed every one. None of that happens if the saved folks say, hey, let's just stay up here in the upper room and have good church. There's 120 of us. This is a good group. We like one another. We like hanging out with one another. We like the spirit of the Lord that we feel. Man, we're talking in tongues. We're experiencing the presence of God. This is awesome. We like being with one another. So let's just all hang out, all 120 of us, and pray and have good church together. That story I just read doesn't happen. None of those people got healed if, if the 120 just decided that they're just going to keep what they had to themselves. But the early church acted on their faith. And they that was had been imparted to them by the Holy Ghost, and their actions led to multitudes of miracles and many demon possessed people being made free. And because of that, the Bible says multitudes of believers were added to the church. Oh, hallelujah! I'm thankful for 120, but I want multitudes. 
I want multitudes. Oh, hallelujah. They understood their faith was an action to be carried out instead of something just meant to be talked about. We can't just talk about who we are. We got to be who we're supposed to be. We got to go beyond just talking about what we have and we need to use what we have. Faith, faith is not goosebumps on a Sunday when the drums are thumping and the prayer line's happening and whatever. Faith is an action. Faith is putting our belief to the test. Faith is trusting God's word with our actual living. Oh, hallelujah. That's what faith is. Faith is believing that something is going to happen even when it looks like the contrary. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm believing that something is going to happen even though it looks like it's not, even though I might be called crazy, even though there's no outward signs that it's going to take place. I'm going to believe for your miracle. I'm going to believe for your touch. I'm going to believe for your breakthrough. I'm going to believe that God is going to make a way for you. Somebody said amen. Oh, hallelujah. And it's the will of God for us to take that faith out there. Shout about it in here is fine, but let's also shout about it out there. Oh, hallelujah. And this is what God's been talking to us about. And I just felt, the Bible talks about stir up their pure minds by way of remembrance. I just felt one more time to come back to us again and to remind us yet again to get this message outside of these four walls. Take our faith. Take who we are. Be bold in the Holy Ghost, not just in these aisles, but in out there as well. Because as great as the miracles are that we see in here, it's the will of God for us to see way more miracles happen out there. And then for those miracles to lead those people to the truth of God's word. Amen? This is what Paul was talking about to the church at Corinth when he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in, somebody say, demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I want you to notice he's telling them that this apostolic church was not built upon man's ability to formulate certain words so that people would believe. Because why? Because then their faith would be resting upon the words of men. But rather, Paul lets them know that their faith has its foundation on the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of Almighty God. Paul is wanting to let, uh, let us know that if we want to see sinners come to true faith, then it's going to be necessary for there to be both word and demonstration. Demonstration and then word. We've got to move beyond just telling people what God can do. We've got to demonstrate. Come on, somebody. If we really believe this, if we really believe that God can do what he says he can do, then we need to have the faith to move beyond just telling people what God can do, and we need to have the faith to demonstrate to them what God can do. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That ne that's the next dimension of faith is demonstration. 
It's demonstration. It's one thing to tell somebody that God's a healer. It's another thing to step up right there in faith and to demonstrate to them by laying your hands on them. And these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Oh, hallelujah. And how many know at the end of the day, the miracle is up to God? But we are believing, absolutely believing for that person's miracle to happen right then and right there. Demonstrate to the Lord faith. Oh, hallelujah. It's one thing to tell somebody that God can deliver them. It's another thing to say, I believe if I laid my hands and prayed for you right now, God can deliver you from whatever that is that has you bound. Do we believe that today? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. It's time to start putting our faith into action like never before. And we're going to begin seeing a harvest because of it. Jesus' name. Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. I just, I'm just trying to show this to us and prove this to us from the word of the Lord. Acts 1 and 1. The former treatises have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Notice, I want you to see that when it came to the ministry of Jesus, the doing came first and then the teaching. Doing and then teaching. First the miracle and then the message. Luke 24 and 19, and he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and Word before God of all people. Again, when referencing Jesus, they referenced his deeds first and then his word. And it was this principle of spiritual action and spiritual demonstration coming first, followed closely after by words of explanation that the early church modeled. This is what Jesus did, and this is what the early church did. And because of that, they experience the unprecedented revival that we today are wanting to have. But I mean, no, if, if we do what they did, we'll see what they saw. God is no respecter of persons. He's respecter of principle. And so if we operate off of the principles, the spiritual principles that they operated off of, then we're going to see what they saw. Amen? Oh, Hallelujah. If you can't find somebody to teach a Bible study, you say, well, nobody, nobody wants a Bible study. Nobody wants a Bible study. Can't find anybody to teach a Bible study to. If, you, if that's the way you feel, if that's the way you think, begin to pray and ask God to lead you to someone who needs a miracle. And then be bold enough to pray for them. With faith, believing that they are going to receive their miracle. And I just have a belief that when they receive their miracle, they're going to be open to a Bible study. Amen? Hallelujah. I know we pray that God, God would, will send people our way that we can teach a home Bible study to. And he's done that, I'm sure. We pray that God would send hungry people our way who, who want to learn more about the Bible. But I just, I just wonder, just think with me now, I just wonder if we may have missed a bunch of people that God had sent our way because, we're, because we were looking for them to want to be taught first and they were needing a demonstration first. 
God, send us somebody that, that I could teach a Bible study to. And so he sends us sick people, and he sends us broken people, and he sends us unwell people. And we're like, no, that, you know, I'm not, I, I don't have the faith to pray for that person. Just send me somebody that will just say, hey, will you teach me a Bible study? And so all these people that we don't have the faith to demonstrate the power of God in their life, we just miss them when those are the very people we've been praying for God to send to us. So we have, to, we have to be bold in our faith, and we have to understand that it's very possible that God knows them, and he knows their story, and he knows that when we pray for them and their miracle comes, they're going to be ready and open for a Bible study. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, we understand tonight, and I think we're all in total agreement about this, the physical miracle is not, is not at all the totality of what God is desiring to do in that life. And it's not at all the totality of what they need God to do in that life because you can be made physically whole and still go to hell. But the demonstration of the miraculous is going to open the door for the proclamation of the gospel, which in turn is going to lead them to salvation. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. But we have to be bold. There has to be a revival. If we, hear me, if we want a revival of people, we, there needs to be a revival of boldness in the church first. If we want to see a revival of lost people, we first have to see a revival of boldness in those of us that are saved and have the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. I, I firmly believe, I firmly believe that if a good group of us would begin to live out our lives, and I'm preaching to myself, if we would begin to live out our lives every day looking for opportunity to be bold in the Holy Ghost as we prayed for the miraculous, I firmly believe it wouldn't be too long at all until this place would be packed out overflowing. I, I believe that with all my heart. How many believe that? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I believe this. Let me, let me show you this from Scripture. John chapter 4, verse 46. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at that point of death. Verse 48. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child's going to die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Verse 51. And as he was now going down, his servants met him, saying, Thy, thy son liveth. Verse 52. Then inquired he of them the hour when the son began to amend or to be healed. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth. Now watch. And himself believed and his whole house. When it says he believed in his whole house, it wasn't talking about they believed in his ability to do the miraculous. It's talking about they believed on Jesus. They believed he was the Messiah. They believed in who he was. They believed in the message that he was preaching. Oh, hallelujah. 
this story shows us what this, the Lord knew that what this man needed was a demonstration. Unless you see a miracle, you're not going to believe. This man had faith. Get this now. This man had faith, some faith, because he went to Jesus. His son was sick, on the, about ready to die. He goes to Jesus, believing that the Lord can do a miracle in his life. So he had some faith, but he didn't have enough faith to believe what he needed to believe. And the Lord said, I know what you need. You need to see a miracle. And so, boom, miracle. And then him and his entire house believed on the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I believe, and even as I was studying this and putting this down, I firmly believe that there are going to be multiple families, entire families that are going to be saved because of the miracle that happens for one of its members. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And we won't get into the whole story, but uh, Sister Ann is here tonight because of a miracle in her grandma. Wanda O'Donnell, most of you don't even know her, but she they sent her home to die, right? Sent her home to die. None of, none of the sisters were in church. None of the cousins were in church, correct? And sent her home to die. And I don't even know how they, how did they find the church? Was it phone book or something? And they told the family about our church. And they came. And I remember I was in Sunday school, whatever year that would have been. I was in Sunday school, but I remember my parents talking about it at dinner that day. And one day O'Donnell come in, and if I remember the story correctly, she just came right down to the altar. And they, uh, they prayed for her, and they had sent her home to die, cancer in her body, sent her home to die. And they prayed for her, and God healed her. How much longer did she live? At least 15 more years. God miraculously healed her body. But because of that, Wanda O'Donnell uh, had daughters. All the daughters came in and, and serving the Lord. And those daughters had Ann and Frank and on and on and on. Brother Frank, Sister Ann, sorry. And, uh, and that whole family, that whole family came in and got saved because of one miracle. I believe it's time for this church to see that again. Oh, hallelujah. I, I speak that in Jesus' name right now. It's time for that church, this church, to see that again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I believe it's the will of God for some of you to pray for somebody. They're going to get the miracle, and you're going to be able to teach their entire family Bible studies. And their entire family is going to come in and repent and be baptized and fill with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I believe because of one prayer, you're going you're gonna to affect where an entire family is going to fill a whole row. Oh, hallelujah. Does anybody believe this? Come on, this is what is modeled to us from the word of the Lord. If we will just be bold in the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody lift your hands. Lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. God, I praise your name right now. I praise your name right now. I praise your name right now. Blessed be the, stand to your feet and lift your hands. God, I love you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I got several more pages of notes, but I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I feel faith in this house right now. 
Entire families are going to be saved because you stop and talk to somebody and pray for them and lay your hands on them by faith and the miraculous tent transpires. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Their spouse is going to come in. Their kids are going to come in. Their relatives are going to come in. Their uncles are going to come in. Their aunts are going to come in. Their friends are going to come in. All because of one moment where you had boldness to believe that God could do the miraculous in their life. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't you step out and just make your way to the altar and lift your hands. Come on, I feel faith in this house. Somebody just pray for boldness one more time. Come on, it's a prayer we pray often, but pray it again. Give me boldness, God. Give me boldness. Give me boldness to pray. Give me boldness to believe for the miracle. And then give me boldness to be able to teach the Bible study. Oh, give me boldness to teach a Bible study. Give me a boldness to understand, God, that I can teach a Bible study. I can disciple somebody to a greater knowledge of truth according to your word. God, what they need, what they need eternally is salvation. What they need eternally is the gospel. But the miraculous is going to open up the opportunity for me to be able to share the gospel with them. Come on, somebody pray right now. Pray for boldness. God, I want to get out of my comfort zone. God, I want to get out of my comfort zone. God, the harvest is white. It's ready to be harvested. The harvest isn't the issue. God, you're asking where the laborers are. You're asking where the laborers are. Help me to be bold. Help me to be bold, to be a laborer together with you. Hallelujah.